it really made me look that like Florida State is a school that conduct two sport athletes into the league very well and they always end up making it out being some of the top athletes in the league somewhere whether it was baseball football basketball no matter what so just the fan base and the way that they conduct the student athletes was the major factors of why i committed so early but being able to see the crowd the last couple of years when i was coming to when we was able to come to games like i've been to probably 10 Florida State fans in the past four years. And I know what it looks like for the, the stands to be <laughs> full and packed, tailgate and all that. And it's just, it's just different up there in Tallahassee. And there's a few things. Scotty Barnes is blowing up. His stats look great and his body length and size of his fingers look awesome. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on this awesome Thursday evening once again. We're staying on a good streak here. We're doing a good job. We're trying to. But tonight, I actually got a special guest with us this evening before I introduce uh, the rest of the co-hosts with me. We've got 2024 running back commit Cam Davis in the house with with us. Good evening, man. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, we've been excited to have you on. You're a busy guy. You also got baseball going on. You're a dual sport athlete. So de- definitely happy to have you on and get these things rolling and talk about a lot of the visits that you've been doing at Florida State, Mike Norvell, the staff, 2024 class, along with the classes ahead of you because you're still a youngster. You don't look so young, but you're still a youngster. Um, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we jump into that interview, I'm going to introduce the co-host with us this evening, Austin Vizi, as always, our lead basketball writer up there at the top. D. Lou is back with us after taking a break last week. He was feeling sickly. He's with us this evening, lead writer and editor. And then also lead recruiting insider. Hooked us up with the Cam Davis interview, Nate Greer, down below. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing? What's up? Yeah, the main reason I was gone last week is I had to get this thing set up, and it, it's pretty sophisticated. I'm sure it sounds pristine, though. Oh, it sounds 10 times better. I think the listeners are going to love it. We're slowly getting uh, the audio, the video all enhanced before kickoff in <laughs> September. Nate, how are we doing? The audio and the video is looking great on your end. We're really amping it up here. 
and now Nate just left us. <laughs> right when I say that, Nate is gone from the whole uh, streaming setup. So there we go. Things are not going fully correct. But you know what? What's going correct? We've got Cam on here, and I think we should go ahead and jump into a little bit of this. So, Cam, just tell us about what you've been up to lately. You, obviously, you've got baseball going on, um, and you're a dual-sport athlete, like I was saying earlier. So you've also got football and spring football that you just went through. So just tell us about your schedule and what you're going on what you got going on this summer? Oh, this summer I'm just really working, getting getting my craft and stuff together. So I've been going five hour practices and stuff with football, then turning back around in the morning time, now to eleven with band practice and baseball. So right now I got a busy schedule. I don't plan on going out and doing anything because that's just I'm not like a person that like to go out all the time. So. I'm just working all summer and getting ready for the season and stuff that's coming up. What are some things during this off season that you're that you're working on? Is some of the Florida State staff talking with you? Maybe some things heading into this upcoming season that they're wanting you to work on, really in particular. Just a lot of leadership skills, being able to control the offense. That uh, since I'm playing quarterback at high school, have to have a lot of leadership. I am quarterback after so. I've been working a lot with my IQ, knowing coverages and reading different defenses and leading the team to get through too many drills and big times that I have to come through to make plays that any other person wouldn't make. But that's just Coach Noah been steady talking to me about academics too. So I've been hard on my academics. I've been taking extra credit and stuff. So that's all I've been working on this summer going into the season and the next school year. You know, you've already been on campus um, a couple times in June. I think we should just start off with Midnight Madness. So you and the other commits and a couple different classes and some top targets as well were all there on midnight, um, right when the dead period finally was lifted up. So just what was that experience like? It was amazing opening up the dead period after years. So it was a great experience being able to get with other commits and bigger classes so a lot of the guys that came and talked to me saying that even though i'm young that's the place i want to be there it wasn't a bad decision and it was just a decision on being able to focus on high school right now so being able to go there that night with all of the other commits and big time recruits was just special to me because it's a dream come true already but it's still a lot more to come so I'm just ready to collab with a lot of the guys and put in some work with them on the field together. Yeah, what was that like whenever, I guess, Magnervell was the one, and of course staff members too, were you know orchestrating that whole event, and we didn't see a lot of other colleges doing that, and Magnervell seemed to be kind of the main orchestrator of this and having this idea go through. He had the new whip that he brought out there on, inside Doe Campbell Stadium at like 1 a.m., but, you know, was he in contact with you or, you know, some of the staff members, um, coaching staff members talking with you, you know, getting you situated for coming into Tallahassee that night? Yes, sir. Uh, Coach Woodson and Coach Wolf, they always in contact. Like, I called them every three days, twice a week, anything like that. So I kept in contact with them a lot. They, they're great coaches. The vibe of that is just different. And it was a bit uh, – it was a bit determination that determined my commitment and stuff. So – the energy that Coach Mike Norville brings out and the the focus that he has is just something that every player should want. And 
think about when they come down the coaching and the next level. Wondering what the energy was like in there. Kind of run us through what a visit looks like with this staff. What's energy? What is there music playing? You got photo shoots going on. Where are they taking you? Are you having one-on-one meetings? Are you looking at film? Um, what did it kind of take us through a whole visit uh, scenario there with Mike Norvell and the staff? When you first walk on, get out the car, walk on campus, the energy just set in. Like all the coaches there surround us, they're ready for you to come in and shake your hand. Once you get take photo shoots, you have music and just it's just an environment to where everybody's hyped up. Everybody want to hop in pictures and scrape poses. So it's like it's like family up there. So. During the visits, all the coaches are yelling out the places and statues and all of that, and they're also joking and playing with you as you go. But at the same time, they know that it's a business trip. So they take a lot of respect, and they hold all their players accountable. So it's just all that coming to the energy and the vibe. You know, one of the flashy things that we saw Coach Norvell unveil at uh, Midnight Madness was the slingshot. So – you know, we saw him get to drive a couple recruits around, and did you get your chance? No, sir. Hey, it looks pretty sweet, and from what we were told, uh, Norvell spent his own money there. It didn't go into the recruiting budget, so it, I think, and I, you know, you could speak on too, Cam, but it seems like Norvell is really working his tail off, obviously on the recruiting front, and you know, it shows how bought in he is and i wonder if that reflects on his recruiting pitch for guys like you and guys also in your 2024 class 2023 and the big one right now with 2022 moving forward um like how you know how that kind of reflects him as a coach right now because he's really dialed in and he's been working his tail off it seems like on this recruiting trail and you're a 2024 guy but you know he, he's hard after you too it, it strikes a lot of a lot of attention into the players' eyes because not many coaches in college football, high school, even literally, not many coaches have that kind of dedication to it. Not only just focus about the kids, they focus on their own life and the things that they can do that will make students, student athletes, look at them as a great coach. Coach Norva, he does a lot, not just about the sports, he does a lot about academics because the first thing he took us to on Midnight Madness was the graduation site and that was that that was the most important thing that I looked at that night because it shows that he is not just about sports all the time he wants student athletes to get that education first so that brings a lot to the table with him and the recruitment process because they have to look at the things bigger than sports which is life and education so uh, i i got a couple questions so so you know first you know you being a 2024 kid you know how, how much do you get asked you know why you committed so early and you know do you get asked if you at some point are going to reconsider your decision you know so how locked in are you to fsu uh i get asked i get asked that all the time like it's nothing mm-hmm. It's, it's an everyday thing almost. People hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, in person. They just, they ask all the time what made me commit. And I always tell everybody the energy, the coaches, the fan base, and this the part of life. Like, people can't, 
other people can't control what I do. I just always stay humble and do what I have. Everybody always asks or say I'm going to end up decommitting, but I feel like whatever makes me happy is what is what's going to make me happy. So only time will tell what decision will be made. Now, now, now you are, you know, a, a dual sport. You know, baseball is, you know, something that you are also getting recognized for. You know, talk a little bit, you know, a little bit about that. Have you talked to the to Coach Martin at, over at Florida State, or is baseball something that you're going to pursue in college, or, or are you going to go strictly to the football route when you get to that that level? Yes, sir. I, I talked to Coach Norva and Coach like Metcalf, and we all came into an agreement that I would be able to play baseball too. So that was a just a bit another bit fat than being so early too, because not. School was gonna allow athletes to play both two sports at one time, so that was just a big turn around and to the commitment. So that's that's what I really focus on, of course. So who who do you compare yourself to? You know, you you know you got got a lot of size for your age. You know, you you run really hard. You know, you're 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 a big guy. You're you know. You went six foot already. So, you know, who do you compare yourself as a running back to? Like, who do you try to model your game after? My boy, Devin Cook, you know. He's a very polished running back. I'd be the biggest guy, but his heart and his effort is just unbelievable. He he made quick cuts. He had great IQ and his cutback vision. Turnaround speed is just and I compare myself to him because I feel like my cuts, my juke moves and stuff is as sharp as and I can be just as good or maybe. So I look at him as my idol running back. I was going to ask you, Cam, you know, you're recruiting, you're, you're, you're still young. And like you were saying earlier, you know, the decision that is made and, you know, when you put that pen to paper, that, that's still so far away. What are some other schools that are heavily after you right now competing with Mike Norvell and the rest of the Florida State staff? Uh, Georgia Tech, Georgia, and Tennessee are the top three schools that are trying to get flipped. But uh, it, I don't think, as of right now, and the way that I'm loving Florida State, those three schools won't be able to turn me around with the way that Coach Mike Norvin and Coach Woods and the coaching staff love the way that the stuff that I do. I'm going to ask too, you know, during your visits, I got to ask it. I, I love uniforms and Florida State revealed a, a new kind of mock-up white helmet. What is your favorite uniform combination to go with? Because we've seen a lot of recruits coming through. They're posting the, the photos on IG and Twitter. But what would be probably your go-to combo? White is basic, but the word that it stands out. So really just and the garment angle is it's not just the two red colors that's very common. It's two red colors. The all white is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the all white seems to be seems to be a favorite on and the photo shoots along with uh, also the fans too. Whenever they're wearing that on the road on during road games, but yeah, that new white helmet is is looking pretty sleek right now. Um, 
And, you know, it's really early on in the 2024 class, but you've already got yourself and Landon Thomas, who you're pretty familiar with, already committed in this class. So what are you guys trying to build Tribe 24 into with, you know, such a head start, you know, two, uh, almost three years until you sign. So you guys have a long time to work on this class. Take it back to 22 and 23 class. So, man, we've been talking a lot. And we also have group chats and stuff, and stuff with with other big athletes. Cam, I think I, we might have lost I, him. I, I better join I, back. I, I, I'm just muting my mic so people don't complain about the background noise. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The iTunes you know? are after you. Yeah, the iTunes you know, people iTunes are after, are after me, man. You know, try, <laughs> try to keep it keep it quiet. You know. We're gonna get those one star ratings if one of the if one of the someone's cooking in the kitchen. Man, yeah, I'm, wash I'm, the dishes later. Yeah, well, I got to wash the dishes at ten thirty now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, any no, I feel like uh, Cam. He's probably probably still trying to be in here, but I thought it was pretty interesting of Cam coming through and talking about you know the other schools that were after the other schools that are after him, but you know the significant mm-hmm. part of Mike Norbell sort of kind of locking him down at the moment. And it's the main part of it being that energy that the staff is bringing right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that's one thing I wanted to ask him was kind of something we talked about last week was just the ability of the staff to connect with these players. And, you know, I wanted to get his opinion on that too. And I, I, I think that's going to be tough to beat. You know, I, I can't speak for Cam and, you know, what, what his thoughts are and how things are going to, you know, look in 2024, but, you know, you, you look at, you know, what 46 done so far um, and, and getting a guy that clearly had a, just a killer freshman season and, and athletically is, is gifted to already be considered a, a, a high, a high profile, you know, major league baseball target already. So, you know, you, you know, so, you know, athletically, he fits what Florida State likes, but you know I think it's going to be tough for coaches to, you know, I don't want to say do better than Norvell, but do better than Norvell and the staff and and how they're recruiting right now. So you know I just think that you know three years uh, of the same relationships will be tough to beat. That's a big boy. What he's at about around six foot right now, probably nearing two hundred. I think in his last couple of photos that he's been visiting at Florida State, this one that he's been sharing, mm-hmm. he definitely looks like he's nearing that two hundred pound mark. He looks to me more of like a the build of a almost like a Leonard Fournette at his age kind of build. I don't know what is there. Is there someone that you maybe compare him to? Uh, not right now. I mean. Yeah, you know, he he's definitely very you know physically mature for his for his age. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how he develops. I just think that, you know, he he, he does have for as big as he is, he does have, you know, a, a, a very good ability to, you know, as he kind of alluded to, you know, his cuss and his ability to to juke and you know he is faster than you think so. You know, I, I can kind of see the, the the Dalvin comparison into and like how you know the running style wise, but you know he is built like Fournette is. You know, very you know stocky throughout. You know, just evenly, he's very evenly proportioned a, a, as a 
you know, freshman. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're, you know, kind of like you are, you know, you know, with your 50-year-old woman leg. Big, big, you know, they, big and strong, huge you know, caps they, as a horse. They, they, they usually are underdeveloped. Underdeveloped? Know, and, Under- you know, usually, you know, some, usually their base is the last to kind of get developed. So kind of like you, you know, they're underdeveloped yeah. and they have to work on that part. So. Yeah, so you're just saying that uh, Cam Davis is like light years ahead of me already, and he's uh, 15 oh, years uh, old. I, I, I would say that's very a very fair thing to say. Would, uh, would you agree, Dustin? Austin, I, I would agree with that, right? 100%. Logan's soft. We all know it. Yeah, so, yeah he, know that, so. he's got woman legs. Yes, he does. 50 year old woman legs. Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I. Be, meanwhile, we're still getting updates here on this race that I'm doing with Los. We're trying to get some. I messaged him. I tagged him an IG story the other day on Monday. I was out there doing a little couple sprints. Nice. We're trying man. to set something up. We're trying to set something up. I, he mess. He told me when. I said in August. I haven't heard a response yet, and that's how it usually goes. And plus, he's not on here tonight for us to discuss it. So. I was about to say he's got to show up on the podcast where he can race. Yeah, I know he's got to actually. Uh, so here's a big trend right now that we've got the NG here, the spear curse. So everybody's been tweeting us saying that yeah. we can't, we're not allowed to have any commits on anymore after uh, <laughs> Altmeyer, you've got uh, Nico, Markiel, and you got McGowan's on the basketball side. Yeah, but we had Jalen Worley too. He's stuck. Yeah, we've got we've got majority of dolls that have stuck. I guess it's Just, good Omar didn't come on tonight. <laughs> I think uh, Cam's trying to get back in here. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask, you know, you know, both Dustin and I talk to a lot of recruits, and something we hear a lot is the, the staff's ability to really connect with recruits. You know, the way that they're recruiting is, is, is a lot of energy, very, very um, hands-on and very aggressive. You know, let's just call it aggressive. They, they are coming after it very hard on the recruiting trail. But they're also, you know, very focused on yes, the off-field part of 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 you of you guys as recruits. So, can you talk a little bit a little bit about how how I guess I won't say easy it is, or how it's been easy for you to uh, connect with the, with this coaching staff, and and do you kind of see that too? You know, we hear a lot of that about Norvell's ability, you know, in person as a presenter and a, a, as a speaker. You know, is that what you see too, or you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, sir. Uh, I believe I I would say that his that his in person aggressiveness is a lot more aggressive than his through the phone and FaceTime and stuff like that because I believe that he can express more with when he's in person by showing and shaking people's hands and stuff like that because. Coach Coach Norva, he has a lot of energy in person. Like the he get to see you and see how you react to certain stuff that he say, your body language and all of that kind of stuff. So his energy basically feeds off of the people energy that he's talking to. Because through you really can't tell or determine how a person is really acting or trying to say stuff to you because people can have any kind of body language through the phone, but when it comes down to in person, you have to show a great body language no matter what. And when he does that all the time, and he always keep players up, so that's his aggressiveness 
in person is a lot more aggressive than on the phone as far as recruiting and and just his energy by itself. Cam, do y'all have a group chat going on right now? I don't know. I mean, the 2024 class is small. You got you and another partner. But, you know, is there a kind of uh, connection between the 2022 class and also the 2023 class? And is there anybody that you're currently working on, on, on bringing in into the tribe with you? Uh, yes, sir. I have a, we have, we currently have a group chat with just 2024 players that have offers, but I, we had a group chat with all of the, the 2020 through 2024 class, but I believe it got deleted because of some stuff that was said or going on in it. But the 2024 class right now I have, I'm working on trying to get Stacy Gay and Walt Claire from out of Atlanta. So right now those are my top two targets and i've been talking to them two the most so those are my those are the two people that me and land are working on right now and you know we've heard your thoughts on committing so early in the process to florida state but what did your family think about you making your decision so early they were they were pretty laid back and chill about it because they looked at when i broke it down to them and explained everything and all of my thinking and stuff that was going on, they was like, that's a great decision because now you don't have to worry about, in the upcoming, you don't have to worry about college and high school. I can just focus on high school until the time comes. So they really didn't get too riled up about the decision. And my parents and my all a lot of my family, they love Florida State. So when I told them that I wanted to commit and when I told Coach Norv, now everybody was fired up, and it was just a lot of congrats and thanks going around. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been hit on. You know, did we already talk about the simple question of why, why he committed? You know, what, what, what about Florida State was it for him? Kind of, but if you want to go through that to kind of finish it off, Cam, why, you know, what really so- sold the deal for you to commit to Magnerville and FSU? What really did it? Was it the war chant getting to see kind of what that feeling is whenever you go visit this upcoming year? I, don't, I know I'm, sh- I'm sure you're going to visit uh, during the Notre Dame game. If that's on your agenda, that's going to be a wild time. But really what sold you? There's a lot of good things about Tallahassee and college football, but now with COVID-19 kind of dwindling off from us, we're going to get back to regular life. So you get to go visit and actually be there and experience a, a sold out Doe Campbell Stadium, which, you know, a lot of recruits haven't been able to see yet with this new staff. But tell us, you know, really what why you committed. The biggest the biggest thing of why I committed so early was the fan base and just the the decision making of what I have coming up in life and stuff and being able to sports. And not only that, Florida State is a great two sport school having Deion Sanders, Jamie Winston, those kind of guys coming out of the program. It really made me look that like Florida State is a school that conduct two sport athletes into the league very well and they always end up making it out being some of the top athletes in the league somewhere whether it was baseball football basketball no matter what so just the fan base and the way that they conduct the student athletes was the major factor of why i committed so early being able to see the crowd the last couple of years when i was coming to when we was able to come to games like i've been to probably 10 Florida State games in the past four years. And I know what it looks like for the 
the stand has to be mm-hmm. full and packed, tailgate and all that, and it's just it's just different up there in Tallahassee. I think there are some great reasons in that. I think the fan base is also going to love you for that answer. So uh, definitely appreciate you jumping on here with us this evening, a little late this evening, and uh, you know, out of your crazy schedule with baseball going on and you're still training with football and whatnot after spring football going on. So definitely appreciate you uh, yes, hanging out with us on, on the show this evening. We'll definitely stay in touch. No problem. Thank you. So I think Nate leaves with Cam. I, you know, I didn't was even just, get to say bye. You didn't even get to say bye. Uh, you got to work a better relationship with Cam, obviously. He's too busy for you. I was saying earlier. There's a sound. Yeah, you're I'm like hearing a it. fan. Yeah, it's you're a fan, honestly. It's hot in here. Sorry. Uh, you're in a closet. Get out of the I'm closet, Austin. Closet. Okay. You're in a closet. That oh, is I'm, a closet. Okay. Who puts their. That's a. Sh- you've got shoes around there. Yeah, it's a shoe wall. Okay, I like the NG sticker you got back there, though. Yeah. No, I was talking to the group. Cam Davis has a 10 times lower voice than Dustin. I mean, it. God almighty. I mean, he's 15 same, years old. Same to you, bro. Like, he's got a 10 times lower voice than all of us. Don't try to lower it now. Not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's even lower than Nate's voice. Nate's like 50, so... 50? No. <laughs> Not 50? 43? Yes, Pudwacker. Yes, I am. Oh, wow. That was a good guess. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, Cam, that was awesome. I was uh, glad to have him on here. Uh, we were supposed oh. to have Omar Graham on here, but that sadly couldn't happen. To not, not, Some things uh, had to come up. Those are the kids Florida State needs to recruit, period. Like, you know, the, you can tell the kids – very mature for his age. You know, he's athletically gifted and, and you know, the, he's a worker. You know, sometimes you see kids that age or maybe maxed out. You know, I, I don't think you see that with him. Um, you know, two sport guy, you know, I, 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 and, you know, he's been actively recruiting, not just his class, like Dustin was talking about, but also 22, 23 kids. So uh, he, he's definitely, you know what what this program needs to continue to, continue to you know build upon it and get back to that 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 upper echelon so you know, you know, the sky's the limit for that kid mm-hmm. there's a question on here before we jump into the quick hitters this is from georgia ron what's the backup plan for wide receiver five star kevin coleman i know his dad wants alabama badly uh but is there anybody else at florida state is currently looking at wide receiver in that class i don't think there's a need for a backup plan oh. easy answer <laughs> is that an easy answer from you too d lou yeah i mean there's a couple guys but i think they've got to be feeling good about where they stand with coleman especially mm-hmm. you know after the news that was floating around today where he's not going to be taking um, a visit to Alabama this summer. So, in my right. opinion, that that's a pretty big development. But also, too, just you know, call, you know, call me stupid. A lot of people do. You know, that's fine. But you know, they uh, they really haven't been offering or targeting a lot of other receivers. You know, th- that would kind of tell you how they feel if they continue to really 
go after kids or, or pursuing kids. I think they feel good where they're at with Mortimer. They, uh, I think they like him. And then uh, I think they feel really good with, 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 with Coleman. So um, I, I think what you see is a, a confident staff, you know, as soon as the dead period was lifted, you know, where was he at first? So going to a current commit that just happened on Father's <laughs> Day, linebacker Omar Graham Jr. picked the Seminoles, uh, commits to FSU in that 2022 class out of that South uh, Florida area. It's a pretty big one here. I know that, Dustin, you were very close in contact with him and you got that commitment interview. Tell us how that went. Tell us about the interview there and, you know, that that pickup for the Knowles. Yeah, so, I mean, really, I've been communicating with Omar ever since he got the offer from FSU back in January and just been talking to him ever since throughout his recruitment. And to me, it it always seemed like it was going to be FSU in the end, you know, as long as things went well when he got on campus. And that's exactly what happened earlier this month. Whenever he came in for his, his official visit, he was blown away by being able to meet the coaching staff in person and go through that experience. And that was when he decided to go ahead and make things official. He told the coaching staff on the official visit. But the thing that kind of surprised me was when we were doing the interview, he told me that he had actually been silently committed to Florida State for the last two or three months. So I thought that was a significant development. So some of the guys have known that he's going to be, be coming in for a while. And, you know, really it was just those relationships with the coaching staff and where he fits into the system that sold him on Florida State. And, you know, he's locked in. He might take a couple of visits during the fall, but he says it's going to it's gonna take something big to sway him away from Florida State. So this is a big pickup. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you listen to Miami fans, you know. He's just kind of fell on Florida State's lap, right? But we talked about him last week. He's a good fit for, for what they want to do on defense. So I, I, I don't really see him swing or changing his decision visits or not so yeah that's one thing i forgot to even bring up um on the official visit he actually came with his uh dad and his um aunt and his dad is a miami fan and had been talking to omar and you know trying to get him interested in miami throughout the process and during this visit he got a chance to talk to emmett rice and Mm -hmm. some members of the coaching staff and they really sold his family on him going to Florida State. And, you know, now his dad just says, I'll be a fan of wherever you go. Yeah, I think he's a great a great addition to that class. And for him being silently committed, which we were hearing those things early since last spring, that there was some staff members, or it's not some staff, some players that were committed silently. And it seems that like he was one of them. And so it's crazy for three months, and then he decides to uh, make that thing official. So uh, good, good grab there. And Chris Marv gets a, gets a guy. He put him on the put him on the board. A lot of people were uh, complaining and giving him a hard time. Marvin or uh, Marvin Jones. Chris Marv gets one on the board. Moving on to the next guy, I thought this was pr- something pretty interesting. Before we jump into some more recruiting, I mean, kind of. 
is in the same range. But Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, visited uh, unofficially most recently. Uh, I love this picture, though, that his mom shared. And I thought this was something pretty significant here to me. And we talked about it on the Mark Rogers show last night uh, about this interesting picture. So obviously Miami would love to have him on board. They're going to recruit him heavily. I mean, a lot of schools are, but you know, for this, you don't usually see another recruit doing this. In my opinion, you don't usually see, it'd be like a, a player that FSU is after and they're over there in Gainesville and they're snapping the spear over their knee. You don't usually see that kind of thing, but I thought this was pretty unique of him being down in that area and doing the upside down you. And it seemed like he was pretty, enjoyed his visit just a tad. I'm sure you love it, Nate. No, I, I love it. It's uh, great to see. I don't think Miami is necessarily that much of a threat as other schools are, though. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I think his mom went there. If I, it could be wrong, but I don't think they're, they're the threat that an Ohio State or, or Alabama would be, but you know, you, you, I think that's just a fan of him coming out, being around Florida State for so long. So, yeah, it, that might have to be my new, uh, you know, Twitter profile picture for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. I just don't, you don't usually see that as much. And, you know, the fact that, that we heard a lot of good things about that visit and how it went down and then, you know, he was number one priority while there as he should be. Uh, this picture that his mom shared, I think, uh, and he allowed it, allowed mom to tweet it, uh, did perfectly. And we also saw that mom was also tweeting, you know, saying, hey, FSU fans, where are you at? Let me hear you. And so it, it seems like things went very well for him and the family on that visit. The picture just perfect, perfect way to end it off. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was huge to uh, go ahead and get him on campus, you know, not too long after the dead period was lifted just because we weren't sure at first if he was going to be able to make it. And, you know, this is a huge visit and I think it just, it sets Florida state up for where they want to be with his official visit coming in the fall. And when you're live, you get awesome things like these responses uh, to Miami fans too. So you get some uh, good content here. If you ever watch us live and you're not just on the podcast, but, uh, it's good stuff going on here whenever you're on Twitter and the comments. What's the latest? You know, Florida State's got a big weekend ahead with recruiting once again. Got about nine, uh, nine, vi- nine official visitors heading to Tallahassee this upcoming weekend. Some big ones, including one that we'll get into, which he just, you know, he's making his decision on July 3rd with Quashan Sapp, four-star offensive lineman that FSU is heavily after. But go kind of through these names, D. Lou, and, you know, some things that you're hearing on this because another big weekend for Mike Norvell and company. No sleeping again. Yeah, so I'll just read off the list that we have down. So like you said, nine official visitors. Um, defensive lineman Trevion Williams is already on campus. He arrived today. So the guys that will be arriving tomorrow are tight end Jarrell Powers, offensive lineman Kaniah Charlton, offensive lineman Kashawn Sapp, offensive lineman Jalen Early, offensive lineman Emory Jones, offensive lineman Antavius Woody, defensive lineman Bishop Thomas, 
and linebacker Jerron Willis, who, as everyone knows, committed to Georgia Tech a couple weeks ago. This will be his uh, first trip to Florida State since making that commitment to the Yellow Jackets. So a lot of talent going to be in Tallahassee this weekend, especially on the offensive line. You know, you mentioned Sapp, and there's a couple other guys who I think uh, could be leaning Florida State's way, and including Kaniah Charlton and Bishop Thomas. So we'll have to see how these visits go. Yeah, Kwashan Sapp is a big one, and he's going to be announcing on July 3rd, so next weekend. And this is a big boy. This is a four-star offensive lineman. This would be Florida State's second edition as a four-star on that front. This is going to be a pretty big one. You get that. I believe this should be the last visit for Sap Delu before he makes his decision. I'm not. I'm, I'm unsure if he's going to be making uh, any other visits beforehand. I don't think that would be yeah. the case. But FSU is able to get the last visit from Sap here. Yeah, he's officially visited um, all of the other schools in his top four leading up to this weekend, and this will be his last visit. And then he'll take a couple of days, and then you know make that decision. What is it next Saturday? Yeah, next mm-hmm. Saturday. Yep, next Saturday, the day before July 4th. So Florida State fans might uh, be celebrating with some fireworks and, and for two reasons. With you know Anybody in Tallahassee is going to celebrate a talented offensive lineman picking the Seminoles. And Coach Atkins seemed to be uh, on a good roll here on this offensive line group because you're looking at Alou Ball also, who's already committed to the Seminoles, and he's been moved up in the rankings per 247 Sports to a four-star. Georgia's also heavily after him. This unit right now seems to have a bright future. Nate's been talking about it on the Mark Rogers Show and also on this podcast. You know, this offensive line and the recruiting mojo that they have, the momentum is really coming together. Well, I mean, you look at this weekend, five official visitors on the offensive line, I believe – I believe four out of the five are four stars on two, four, seven. So you're not just bringing in bodies. You're bringing in talented offensive linemen that are interested in this program. And, you know, these are a couple guys I mentioned, Charlton and Sapp and also Antavius Woody, who we've heard some things about. I want to get an interview with him after his trip to see how that goes. But Jalen early and, and Emory Jones, you know, they're both, I would say maybe long shots at this point or guys that, might be a step too far for Florida State, but getting them on campus for this official visit to meet the coaching staff in person and just be able to experience Florida State, these are the kind of things that you have to do in the summer to start making a a ground in these recruitments and then hopefully get them back on campus in the fall to experience a game day atmosphere. Who do you think right now for SAP is the main competitor at which other schools? Is it Florida? primarily that Florida State's having to com- combat with and bringing in Sap in the fold? So, yeah, it looks uh, – if I remember correctly, his top four is FSU, UF, Cincinnati, and Georgia. Yep. I, I remembered correctly. Look at you. You are smart. Sounds like he had a really good time on that Cincinnati visit. But, you know, that said, I just don't see – Cincinnati landing a guy that schools like FSU, Georgia, and Florida would would all want. So I would say the main competition, at least in my opinion, is probably UF because he's had a couple good visits there and really is connected with the coaching staff. 
but that's that's the importance of FSU being able to get this this last visit, you know. So leaving FSU, this is the visit that he's going to re- remember the most, and he's got a great relationship with the coaches here. So we'll just have to see how it goes over this weekend. Do we know Travis Hunter's coming in town this upcoming weekend? Do we know of that? I don't know if he is. It would obviously probably it would be unofficial, but I'm wondering if I, I just keep on thinking about about Mike Norvell and the tools that he's using to recruit and Travis Hunter hey, maybe is by far one of them. Surprise appearance. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Norvell sends the chopper for Hunter to get him over for the weekend <laughs> with all those guys being in town. I mean, shot. yeah, send the slingshot over for Hunter to get in town because that is a huge tool. Uh, and bringing some guys in and sealing the deal. It seems like it's worked with a few few of them so far. But uh, the guy to keep an eye on here is uh, Quashon Sapp and see how that visit goes this weekend. Delu and Nate will keep you guys fully updated with a lot of these visits going on this weekend. Make sure you guys are in the Discord. You guys can join at patreon.com slash day, and they're giving insider news and nuggets and quotes. It's been a oh, crazy, oh. crazy month. Go ahead. Last thing you should do since you're pulling up all these tweets Pull up a picture of, of Trevion Williams. Like, pull up his Twitter he, or something. Yeah. This kid is massive. Let me uh, do that. Tell us about Trevion Williams while I search. He's really, you know, he's a guy that just kind of recently emerged on FSU's board, offered earlier this month that one of the camps that they held on campus, and they've been really, really impressed by him. So I believe this is either his second or third visit to campus. This is going to be the official visit. But a guy out of Mississippi, both the in-state schools are interested. And, you know, we saw all that worked out personally with Luke Altmeyer, um, really close with us. So we've seen how the Mississippi schools can win out in the end. But that said, Florida State going to give it their best shot. And, you know, this kid, he's like – he's the guy you want walking first off the bus. Nah. He's, he's that type of guy. Yeah, I'm fine. I know I know what tweet you're talking about from earlier today. I'm just not able to find it in time, but I've got a picture here um, that will definitely do it justice. Uh, yeah, this will work. This is from 247 Sports. You can see on here the size that this cat has. <laughs> that looks like I know exactly who it is. Uh, God, I, I'm two weeks in a row on missing names in the NFL. But uh, hold up. Uh, Redskins. Come on, Austin. You're not talking about about Montez Sweat, right? No, 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 no. I can't believe I'm missing this name, dude. That's God I really need. I really need football to come back. Need the chat to help me here. How am I losing this name? Thank you, Chase Young. He's got the size oh, of Chase yeah. Young. Yeah, this looks like a. I was gonna say mini Chase Young, but this is uh, this might be like a junior Chase Young. <laughs> this this breed is something else. Nate, what do you think about Trevion Williams, four star defensive lineman, in that size right there? Uh, I, I want him in the class, man. You know, he showed out at camp. Um, great size. At a position of need, so, you know, bring it on. 
Nice to have you back. Nay got the <laughs> got the you got it. You got a call center there too. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I'm multifunctional here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You got no, a no, restaurant no, in no, there? No, my, you got my, it. My, my kids are going to learn the struggle of a house phone. You still got a house phone in 2021? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Why not? Oh, my God. We are. We are worried. I'm worried about you, Nate. I, I find it amazing you're on here with this this technology. No, uh, uh, right. There, I I said I had my comparison here to Chase Young at least that build wise. No, I don't know if I go that that far. Uh, Look how big this kid is. He's huge, but he's not six eight. Well, Yoked up like Chase Young is. <laughs> well, nobody's really a you know six eight, but if I don't know who else to really kind of compare to, I like making comparisons and yeah, no, this looks no, like no, a little he, Chase Young. He he definitely fits, you know what what you what you're looking for. You know he's you know he's this this kid's needed, especially you know with with, with Kelly still, you know working trying to get him back in the fold. You know him opposite of Jones would be, you know, a very 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 good uh, bookings for the uh, for the defensive line moving forward. So. Uh, this is a quick one here. I think we talked about it last week and Nate on here, but uh, the kind of possibility of Florida State landing the offensive lineman from Oklahoma with Stacy Wilkins, I think that's kind of dwindled down, if I'm correct. I haven't heard much about him. So, but uh, you know, we we also we're, we're here. You know, Kane Madden was locked in uh, up until that. Uh, that Notre Dame uh, recruitment started. So, you know, things can change uh, on a dime, but I haven't heard much. And, and, you know, apparently he has some lingering uh, knee issues. So I don't know if Florida State's going to really pursue that. Maybe if it's the complete opposite of what went down with came out in Florida State and all the fans tweeting it, maybe you should do maybe. the opposite. And Wilkins yeah. just shows up to campus and signs on the dotted line. Hopefully, he has a preferred walk-on if he's got the knee injuries. No offense, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing on here that I wanted to bring up was uh, Deshaun Corbin video of him squatting 445 pounds twice. I mean, uh, you know, I love my uh, workout videos. I can never get enough of them. But uh, video here. Austin, Austin doesn't look too excited. Yeah, Austin can close. It makes no sense. Austin's supposed, no to, sense. Austin's supposed to close his eyes this time. He said during the production meeting, he did, he's so tired of workout videos. <laughs> you need to get back to selling shoes. When right. are we going to get a video of you squatting, Logan? He's well, too scared. He doesn't want to show off his legs. I know you're training for this race. They don't have big enough cameras for this. I got to get a wide angle. This is a tall angle. I can't get all the plates on there. That, this is probably... I'd probably slap on at least a, a 25 to this at least. And you probably wouldn't be able to see it. a full 90 degrees? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's like one degree off. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dustin Lewis, the workout coach, trainer, Squat squatting master. coach. Logan, so <laughs> you be that guy who puts all that weight on the bar in the gym. 
push those catchers, you know, way up high. Because when you go down, nothing's going forward. Not right at all. Down. Not at all. I was coached to. Bar. I was coached to go below ninety or tap my ass on the bench. I don't think you could ever squat anything close than that. No, not four forty-five, but five hundred. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate you. <laughs> no, but this is pretty good. This is impressive. Obviously, a guy that's came off of a knee injury squatting this uh, this amount, I think, is pretty impressive. But just good to see some little couple workout videos to get Austin all riled up. He's got NBA to look for. Oh, it's already happened. Nine thirty. Terrence Mann. Any update? How's Terrence Mann looking? Thirty minutes into the game. I haven't looked yet because I've still got the stats from his game uh, six pulled up. So. Oh, my Austin is not a real. I, I'm trying to somewhat man. pay attention. I'm sorry. Oh, man. And then I wanted to go over this real quick. I tweeted a video of Jameis Winston uh, working out. First of all, does anybody – why are you shaking your head, Dustin? It's been getting a lot of hate. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, – they went around nationally and – yeah. <laughs> got trolled and my mentions are still going on <laughs> it's not it's not so pretty but my man is working out he's working his ass off i mean i think it's a pretty decent drill to me i mean played football and i mean the purpose of it is to keep her eye downfield and keep her hand on the ball you know I, I, well, I and keep the, your feet moving the idea of it yep Especially for a guy, you know, who, you know, is caught what it is in the NFL has had some fumbling issues. So, you know, I, I, I understand the drill, you know, keeping everything downfield, keeping that ball up high. You know, I think it, it, it's a drill that, that works, and I think it's real. You got people yeah. at your feet. You got people falling at you. You got people swinging at you. So wh- why is that getting made fun of or, or mocked? I think that's a drill that's true to that position. That's how it always has been uh, with Jameis since beginning in the NFL and him not having so great of years. But any kind of way to make fun of him and get that kind of publicity for Jameis. And then, you know, we'll talk about Marcus Mariota all the time. You know, oh, my mm-hmm. God, he's one of the best college football players. Or uh, Johnny Manziel, both players that have no kind of contention of being starters next year, nor is one no. even going to be on the damn field of any field. Both won't be on the field next year. No. I mean, Mariota will be sitting his ass down on a bench, but, you know, you've got a guy that's going to be fighting for a starting job, which I do think he's going to yeah. get. I don't think yeah, he I gets mean, signed that much amount. You don't get that much in a contract without, you you know, have a starting man, spot. Man's always going to be doing lines somewhere in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the only field he's going to be seeing is the one right in front of him with a table of snow. Snow lines going skiing for Johnny Manziel. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting to bring up. Jameis always getting hate and stuff on workout videos. And, you know, this man, yeah. like, I, and I believe on that. We were at the Kenny Shaw camp. I do think he's working out more than any other quarterback in the country, in the league. Well, hopefully it, you know, proves to, uh, Help him uh, get that starting spot because I, I think he's got something to prove for sure. Yeah. This is a pretty good question, Nate, on here regarding some recruiting. Is a Kamari Wilson no. five-star safety a realistic <laughs> get at this point or Kevin Coleman? 
So talk about Kamari Wilson. There was a lot of talk about him visiting. He did a little photo shoot there. Is he kind of just doing this visit just so, for the fun of it? So, you know, like I said last week, you know, Florida State's doing a good job at IMG. I think that they're, they will be a part of the re- recruitment. Um, I just don't think that any school other than Georgia is going to land them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it, I think that that's just that prohibitive of a favorite. I just, you know, I think Florida State will get him back on campus. I think that, you know, he may even take an official visit, but I, I, I don't think that, you know, you know, Florida State's going to land him. But, you know, they had done a great job at ING over the last three to four months, and I think that's going to carry over to a lot of those recruits that are over at that school. So, um, but I, I don't think it's realistic. I, don't, I think Florida State has a less than 2% shot to land him. But, you know, I've already talked about Coleman, and I think Coleman is very much Florida State's to lose. Solidly. Agreed on both. Solidly, Florida State's to lose. I think that kind of does it there on the football side of things, unless anybody has anything more in the comments before we move into a little bit of some basketball because Austin's got his latest. He's coming out. He's getting out of the closet there a little bit. He's going to give us some updates. Why do you have to phrase it like I'm that? Back. You're, you're in the closet. You're my like cl- halfway closet, in the closet. Dude. Just come no. out of the closet. You're halfway in it. Do you want me to open? Never mind. Open the door to the closet? I, I, I like the shirt, bro. <laughs> I like the shirt. Appreciate that. Shout out, shout yeah. out, David Nichols yeah. for the BGU brand. Oh yeah, yeah. we've had, we had him on here. We got. Yeah. I would rep Just it. Alone. I need, I need to get one of those. We'd rep it. But yeah, give us the latest on basketball. Obviously, right? I think. God, I forget when we were recording, but Terrence Mann absolutely went worldwide and blew up right in front of the whole country, the whole world to see. But uh, some cool stuff happening for Man right now. Yeah, and what was it, it's now officially dubbed the Terrence Mann game depending on who you talk to game six at home against the jazz. You know, if, if it was a game, they're going to game seven at Utah puts up 39 points, a career high, not only in the playoffs, not only in the NBA, but in college as well. You know, the, the most he scored was 30 against Georgia tech. He was just killing people. You start with this dunk right here, put back on go bear in the first two minutes of the game. I think he had six points in the first two or three minutes. They were down 20, 25 at half. And for some reason, they just kept leaving Terrence open in the corner. You know, that's part of what Utah does is, you know, when a team goes small ball, they, they just choose to go bear out there. And, and they stuck him on Terrence, and Terrence made him pay again, time after time, was 7 of 10 from three. He, he was just doing typical Terrence man stuff, but he was actually hitting his shots. And that's going to be huge for him going forward in this league is continuing to make those shots when he has them. Because confidence has never been his issue. I love this play where he he pump fakes it off, gets the wide open look, nails it. I think that gave him 31 and 20 points in the quarter. He was just on fire all game. Uh, he, he really made people know who, who Terrence Mann is. And he, he kind of put Florida State on the map a little bit because the announcers kept talking. Terrence Mann's from Florida State. Terrence Mann from Florida State. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a good thing going. Yeah, it was unbelievable, man. Like, I, I put it on in the second half. And, like, I, I think the first quarter, like, T-Man had – I think it was yeah, nine. I think it had nine in the first quarter. I wanted to say 12. I wanted to say 12. So, he had, like, 12 in the first quarter, and then he didn't really do much in the second. And then in the second half, 
is when he just exploded on that comeback. And I mean, man, like you said, it was just insane. And I mean, he was just hitting every single corner three and then getting to the rim at will. And I mean, you know, in a game where the Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard, they had someone come out and play like Kawhi Leonard and that was Terrence Mann. So it was insane. And, you know, Clippers fans everywhere, first ever conference uh, finals appearance in franchise history. And a lot of it fell on the back of a second year player out of Florida state. So that's just, it's amazing to me. And not only a second year player, a second round pick in a second year. I mean, this is a guy that for, for most situations, he's not playing right now. Cause just, he's a second rounder in his second year to come out and start, put up 39 to tie all scores. Donovan Mitchell also had 39. I know I was so mad. He like made a late free throw. Yeah, I wish Terrence could have gotten that 41. Um, just so we could put, post that picture of him wearing 41, that one game at Florida State. Um, but it was just so much fun to see. He's He deserves all of it. It was cool to see the first person to congratulate him after the game was Chet Forrest. Love it, man. Two guys that absolutely deserve love, but with Terrence Mann happening right now and getting his time. Uh, there was so much love for Terrence during his time at Florida state. And, you know, we got to see the effect of when he left and, you know, Florida state's still, you know, doing its thing, but Terrence Mann was one of the pivotal guys since a freshman coming in and seeing that growth, he got to see Florida state beat to where it was today. And so see him go on and do this at FSU, help grow that. And then, you know, get the chance of blowing up in front of the whole world to see. Uh, And obviously in this video right here, his seems like he's a, He's a favorite, definitely, in that locker room. And going, just just like add on to the craziness of that team and game, he was 15 of 21. I don't know if you said it, but he was 15 of 21 from the field, 7 of 10 from three. Going into that game, the entirety of the series, he was only 8 of 20 from the field and 2 of 9 from three. So, I mean, what a game, team and. And it's been interesting to see how they, they've dealt with him this series so far against Phoenix. You know, he, he started the first game, doesn't start the second game because they go with Pat Bev to have him play defense on Booker. And now he's starting again game three. Ty Lue's just – he does the same. I read, I read an article with T-Man today when he was talking with Sports Illustrated about how Ty Lue just keeps these guys confident, keeps these guys motivated and ready. And we see it pay off in a game six, and hopefully we see it pay off in another game this series. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so happy for Terrence. You know he, he's got some big things coming next season, no matter what happens. Absolutely. Lead, lead us into this next uh, thing right here, which I thought was not crazy, not a real shocker. I think some people were thinking it was Raekwon Gray on Twitter, but uh, Raekwon Evans there's a report out today that he plans on uh, returning to Florida State this upcoming next season. Which isn't a surprise. I think I put it in the Discord over two months ago that he was expected to stay. Um, after initially thinking he'd leave, you know, he had that really hot, really hot stretch in January where he had you know twenty plus points against I think it was NC State. Had good games against Clemson. Played January really well. Rest of the season kind of disappointed, but you know at this point in an off season where you're losing so many guys between MJ Walker, Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray, et cetera, et cetera, you know. It, you need some experience back, especially in the backcourt. Um, there's no s- such thing as – there's no bad thing when a player returns, in my opinion, especially one with his kind of experience in the system. 
Um, you can't expect to hand the program over to two guys who have never played for Florida State and Caleb Mills and Jalen Worley. As talented as they are, you, you need someone with experience there. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bad thing at all. Like you said, the experience is going to be good for that for that team. You've got a lot of youngins coming in, and there's been a kind of it's almost like a, not an overhaul, but it is a, a new team coming in. Some guys leaving, some that might have surprised us a little bit. But you know, Evans, guy that had, was up and down last year, uh, you got to hope that that experience level will help him and, and being a pretty decent contributor for the team. It'll help that he won't be as relied upon as the ball handler next year. You know, last year we there was no true there's no true point guard. As great as Scotty is at playmaking for his size, he's not a true point guard. Next year you got Caleb Mills, Jalen Worley, both guys who can actually play the point guard. You know, it, Evans won't be as relied upon. I think that'll be huge for him. Evans, Dustin, wasn't that your? Uh, f- you're one of your favorite guys from last year. I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Dustin. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, right. Our group chat every game. We won't bring it up. No no reason to. But uh, Favorite or least favorite? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It could change next year. Could change. So, could change. And real quick before we move on to the combine, and we didn't have it written down, but Florida State got that game scheduled against South Carolina. Neutral site, Rock Hill, South Carolina, which a lot of people are going to be like, why are we playing basically in South Carolina's backyard? Rock Hill's 45 minutes from USC's campus. Rock Hill's also really close to Charlotte. Charlotte's got a huge Florida State alumni base. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. You know, I, yeah. I obviously expect Florida State to win. South Carolina's got some talent, but – it's not going to be one of those games where it's basically a South Carolina home game. There's a lot of Florida State people up here. What year is that? Is that going to be next this, this year? It's this December. No, this, this, okay. Yeah, Sweet this deal. Ah, okay. So are you going to invite us to come up there and watch it with you? Uh, awesome. If y'all want. If y'all want. That's fine. Where am I staying at? So I'll probably take. There's there's some hotels I can recommend. Oh, I wasn't thinking when we were doing hotels. I was thinking, you know, no. on Homestead. What? Come stay in your closet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, Nate got the Wi-Fi upgrade. We switched to phone. Marshall's, Marshall's giving you some. No, he didn't. He's been uh, disconnected plot. like four times. <laughs> no. What was his? Yeah. What was his phone dying? One was a power outage. Yeah, there's like fifty thousand things. It's almost like a circus show with this. Why does this everything show? happen on Thursday? Everything's on Thursday nights on this show. That's what makes it fun, I guess. But makes me want to like almost shoot myself multiple times, and my stress level goes up. But. Well, well I, I won't be here much longer. My phone's on on five percent. You know, don't you have a charger? Well, <laughs> I, I have I have my earphones in right now. Yeah, so. get some wireless. We gotta get. I'm gonna next. Oh my god. I think this episode's almost over. We we, we should have known this, Austin. <laughs> we should have known this, Austin, because he still yeah. has a home phone. He still yeah. has a home phone. To, to be fair, the only person I know that also has a home phone is my grandma. So congratulations, <laughs> uh, smart woman. <laughs> I don't even think my parents have a home phone anymore. No, I don't even remember having one eight years ago. And they're like almost sixty. That's great. <laughs> they probably don't know how to use a cell phone. They probably, they probably use it better than you. Um, yikes. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Dang, dang, dang. Austin, before we just start killing each other, 
Um, <laughs> let's uh, finish this off. Give us this update with the NBA Combine. There's a few things. Scotty Barnes is blowing up. His stats look great, and his body length and size of his fingers look awesome. I'm going to mute myself. Bye. <laughs> but Scotty measured in, in just as a freak at, you know, a little over six foot seven. I think it was six, seven and three quarters with a almost seven, three wingspan, which is insane for someone that's probably going to play power forward in the NBA. Um, he's one of those guys that's looking to get in what they're calling the power five for this draft class. Um, the, the first four players are pretty much solidified with Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and obviously Cade Cunningham. That, that fifth spot stuff for grabs between Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga. You know, there's a couple of the guys that, you know, people are talking about for that fifth slot. Scotty could absolutely work his way up there. And the way he's testing so far, you know, he, he was second in uh, the shuttle run across all players at 2.99 seconds, which is insane for someone of his size. Was tied for third in standing vertical at 36 inches. J- just showing he's got that athleticism that's going to be needed at the next level. So that's something people have been talking about. You know, you're, you'll see here and there he doesn't have explosive athleticism which, you know, I don't quite see. I, I think it shows up very obviously on tape that he's got the athleticism. Really with him, it's just how his offensive game develops. Um, the, the way the so, draft lottery worked out, you know, those teams at 6-7, and seven, Oklahoma, OKC and Golden State, those are both perfect fits for him right now. So, so I mean, I, I still think he could work in that top four if he has a great combine. Maybe. I mean, Kate Cunningham's going no. number one. And yeah. t- t- talking with someone, with one of the teams that's in the top three, they expect the top three to go in some order of Cunningham, Mobley, and Jalen Green. Then after that, you know, if, if Toronto really falls in love with Scotty, I could see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, they, if they feel I, they I, want to move on from OG Ananobi, I could I'm see su- it. I'm I, I surprised Suggs wouldn't be in that top four. I like I like I actually like Suggs a little bit more than Green. I, I was talking mm-hmm. about it with the with the same guy who they're in love with. I'm not as sold on as Jalen Green. You know, in the G League, he had a usage rate of 30. percent So if he was to go to a team like say Cleveland, where he's having to work off of you know other high usage guys like Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, how effective would he be? That's something like that. that those are the kind of questions I have. Obviously, he's superbly t- talented, but we'll see. You know, I, I think Scotty would fit in better with Cleveland, but uh, Jalen Green obviously has the higher upside. Uh, just the way the league's going right now, I, I think he'd be perfect in yeah, Golden State. Even going top six, top six, seven. You know, I think it's a better draft than last year. Um, especially at the top, at the top. Yeah, at the top. I think last last year's draft class didn't get didn't get I'll the credit it deserved for. Yeah, last year's last year's draft class didn't get the credit deserved for being as deep as it was. This year's a little bit more top heavy. Mm. But if, if Scotty could go to you know Golden State, learn behind Draymond Green for a couple years, and then emerges that small small ball five, I think he's going to have a very long career. What would suck is if he goes to Orlando, where they need scoring, they already don't have a lot of spacing. Then you're looking at a not so stellar career, in my opinion. But, but we'll see. That's a funny video. I didn't even see this today, but oh, this was nine fourteen. <laughs> Hey, this just happened. This just happened. He got a half court shot with one hand while he's at the NFL or NFL NBA combine. Swish. 
half court. <laughs> I love the other guy's reaction, just looking yeah. at him. And then the other guy that's there, obviously people were talking about it when we were talking about Evans, but Raycon Gray, he, he's been testing at the combine as well. Obviously he didn't test as well as Scotty Barnes because very few people did. It, the, the biggest thing with him was he measured in at, you know, just under six foot seven and 268 pounds, which his listed stuff for last season was six, eight to 60. So may have put on a little bit more weight. Obviously teams are going to lie about players. height. Every team does it. It's more that weight thing where, you know, is it muscle weight? I know he measured in at like 17% body fat, which is high for an NBA player, but he's shown throughout his career that he knows how to use it. So that, that's going to be the biggest talking point for him. He didn't have a great first scrimmage. I think it was seven points, a couple of assists, a couple of rebounds, was like three of seven from the floor. Um, yeah, seven points, two assists, three rebounds, a steal, a block, you know, three of nine from the floor. You know, he's at this point, he's probably going to get drafted, but where, who knows? I would love to go back to Scotty real quick. I'll take him at the Warriors. I think it's a, a it's the ideal fit, in my opinion. I really think that I would get more invested into the NBA if I had a former Noel at my favorite team. I think that's what it would what would it have to do? Either that, or I'm gonna have to like move somewhere uh, where it's NBA heavy. You got a good team, and I'm able to root for one. But I, I what would have to be San Francisco. But I think I would uh, most certainly. Where's the where are the Warriors seven eight seven, seven. which that's as, that's gonna be as far as I've seen that I'll see Scotty fall. Yeah, you know, I've already seen that the Warriors had have had conversations with him at the combine in Chicago. I, I don't see him falling past seven, but right now he, I've seen him mocked as high as five to Orlando, which I, I really hope doesn't happen for his sake. Sounds like he's been getting uh, a lot of love from OKC, especially he, their has. their media members. Yeah, he has. That's a, it's. To me, as long as he goes to OKC or Golden State, he's it's going to be the right fit for him because OKC is very similar. He's not going to be as relied upon to score and playmate because they already have Shea Gildas Alexander, and they just traded for Kemba Walker, two guys that can playmate. He doesn't have to do it. Um, if he's going to Orlando, yeah, you have Cole Anthony, yeah, you have Markel Fultz, but they have, they just have no spacing. Like a, a guy like Jalen Green would be perfect if he could somehow get to Orlando. Um, if they want to trade up, given that they have both five and eight, I could see it happening. I just if he goes to Orlando, it's going to be such a weird fit, just the way the NBA is going right now. Uh, to finish off this show, I mean, why not just call Dabo Sweeney a clown? You know, that's probably the best way you can finish any kind of FSU podcast. But thank you, Georgia Ron, for the comment here on <laughs> YouTube saying Dabo Sweeney is the circus. He is a clown. So that's the per. I think that's the perfect way to end off this episode. Unless anybody has anything more, anything they want to shout out their family members or uh, talk about what they're doing this weekend. Shout out Austin's mom. All right. All righty. That was was a little blow. Yeah, I don't understand why (laughs) that one happened. But anyways. Very low-hanging fruit. Yeah, that was kind of messed up, Dustin. You have to send an apology after this to him in a text. How about a edible arrangement? bananas since he's and never mind all right i gotta get off uh since you're 
never mind. I'm not. Anyways, I'm like, I'm not. Anyways, 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 anyways. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's finish this off. Thanks so much for listening. If you guys aren't in the Discord yet, we got tons of recruiting coverage that Nate and Dustin are bringing. A lot of things going on in there. Some quotes we post there before it goes anywhere else. You can join that at patreon.com slash day. And once you join, it will give you all the instructions of joining the Discord where we have over about 10,000 messages sent a week, which is insane. But it's crazy to think that's happening during the offseason. But it's only going to ramp up once we get closer into July and August. It's going to be crazy in September. So make sure you guys go join now. Take advantage of that and get in some inside scoop of what we might not be sharing publicly on here that we got to keep private. And then also you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, it would definitely appreciate it if you hit that like button. And also hit that subscribe button. We're seeing a lot of growth over here. So we definitely appreciate you, all you YouTube people hanging out with us. But a simple like or definitely subscribing would mean a lot to us. But yeah, definitely appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week. Enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you guys next week on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Have a great one. Bye, Austin. Bye, Austin's bomb. Same color.